Hey, this is Tank Dale, and you listen to the Podfather. We're wavered. We're wired, baby. We're wired. This is this is a uh, lot of lot of lot of lot of uh, questions on social media. Am I going to take the L? I'm going to take the L on Puka Nakua, the, the who shall not be named, though I just named him, Puka Nakua. And uh, yeah, I was uh, man. It was it was close there. It was so close. I was so close taking the L. I was so close. God, you should have put 50% of your fab down on Polka after week one. If waiver wired advice is wrong. You shouldn't be focused on running backs. You, should, you need to get these receivers that come available on the waiver wire. Rookies from the sixth round on bad teams. You need these guys. This is where you need to put your money. This is where the fab budget needs to be devoted to. This is where you need to put your, your, your priority claims. These guys... It was for a 24-hour period. I was like, man, I really should. I should, I should definitely take the L. I'm taking it. I'm about to take it. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm right on the... The L's coming. Oh, the L's coming. The L's on its way. And then a funny thing happened. And then a funny thing happened. A guy who's going to be way more valuable than Puke Nakua suddenly became available on the waiver wire. A guy who's just sitting there. Sitting there unrostered in most leagues and he's going to crush any receiver that was picked up on the waiver wire this year and that's jerome ford so it was like 24 hours like oh the pot father he's gonna take the l he's finished he's dust and then oh damn it he's back he told us to save our money for a real bell cow who would come available at some point this has been the advice every single year not to overspend on receivers on the waiver wire. That's the process. And that's because you want to hold it back. And then when the moment comes, assuming you already drafted Roshan Johnson, right? Didn't have to, you know, bid big on him. Suddenly you're looking up and going, oh, wow. This, so this is, this is when we strike. This is why we're here. Jerome Ford is why we're here. I already have Jerome Ford in a lot of leagues, especially the Scott Fishbowl. Hilarious Scott Fishbowl team. Last place in the Scott Fishbowl. Typically, um, at least winning or, or, or making it through the initial league into the playoff structure. Uh, this year, not looking as good and has nothing to do with anyone uh, w except my quarterbacks and my receiver. My top picks of uh, Deshaun Watson, Jamar Chase... <laughs> <laughs> so Jamar Chase turns out not not to be not to be a big uh, fantasy point scorer. So yeah, that was not, I didn't see that coming. See, I didn't see Jamar Chase, George Kittle in a in a tight end super premium league taking me down. Uh, but the quarterbacks more understandable, right? When your quarterbacks are Deshaun Watson and Kenneth Pickett Sr., you're in trouble and. Deshaun Watson is in trouble. I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he's not the same guy he was at Clemson, not the same guy he was in Houston. Turns out that those receivers he had in Houston were carrying him. That's my conclusion, was that when you have Hopkins and Will Fuller in his prime, even though you have well below average arm strength, they will make you look elite. 
especially in a dome condition, in a dome environment, where you can feather those deep balls into Will Fuller. DeAndre Hopkins will bail you out, right? Just like he's helping to bail out Ryan Tannehill at times already this year. Ryan Tannehill's unbailoutable, but Hopkins is doing it. And that offensive line, those receivers made Deshaun Watson look good and better than he was. And so the, the supporting cast fooled us in Houston. That's my, the, the other conclusion, the other theory is that, well, he, his whole skill set has degraded, right? Or that he's, he's, you know, internally remorseful for his behavior and he can't get over it. And he, it, it, it's mentally suppressing his confidence and his ability to execute. I just don't believe that's the case. I believe that he's probably the same guy he was. He just looked a lot better in a different environment. This is not a good environment for him. It's been bad weather. It's outside. The receivers aren't nearly the same caliber as he had in Houston. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a part of it. That said, the offensive line's good. I think that they're, they're good enough, right? The, the Browns are good enough to sustain drives and provide Jerome Ford with the requisite red zone visits and you know receptions to make him a, a true RB1 caliber running back in fantasy. It helps that a lot of other running backs like Saquon Barkley and David Montgomery and Austin Eckler are missing games. Right, it helps that many players, <laughs> many running backs specifically, have been missing games, have been getting injured, sadly. So all the more reason to go out and spend up on Jerome Ford. You've probably lost a running back by now, and you really need the help. And this is why we're here. This, this, Jerome Ford. And a handful of other running backs that we'll talk about after this. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is, once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD. Gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. In case you were wondering, I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt recapturing his magic at age 28. He's best comparable to Mark Ingram. Now, Mark Ingram did have a productive 28-year-old season, unfortunately, for that parallel. But he looked dusty while doing it. So, Kareem Hunt, the yards per carry collapsed to 3.8 last year. He did not look explosive any longer. And you look at the advanced metrics, the breakaway run rate 
was below average, 4.1%. The production premium, which looks at his production at any given down and distance, negative 9.0. So he had a negative production premium looking at his, you know, per touch efficiency on any given down and distance compared to league average. He was below average, well below average. His yards created per touch outside the top 30. He looked like a dust ball last year, and then the NFL teams that needed running backs started trying him out and saying, yeah, this guy is dust. We're not signing him. Now, maybe he was asking for too much money. Maybe he wanted more than teams were willing to spend, And but he is good, and they were like, oh, man, I wish we could get Kareem Hunt, but ugh, we just can't quite afford his asking price. I don't believe that that is what happened. I believe that they saw him and said, uh, oh, ooh, Ooh, this guy has not been taking good care of his body. He's not in he's not in the shape we were hoping for. And we don't believe that he would upgrade our our backfield. I think that's what happened. And and Cody Carpentier came on and confirmed this in the chat. Remember, he said, uh, you guys are drafting Kareem Hunt in the final rounds of these FFPC leagues. It's a wasted pick. He's not coming back. Teams evaluated him, they've looked at him, and they've passed. So now suddenly, I mean, maybe Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette could certainly be an option. See, the team is well run, right? There's, there's a, it's a top five front office in the league that leverages analytics. And they, they saw, oh, this, this Pierre Strong guy is explosive. And for some reason, the Patriots <laughs> brought in Ezekiel Elliott. Now they don't have the roster space to carry all their running backs. Let's make a low ball offer to a, an explosive satellite back plus back. Caught a lot of passes in college. Had Huge breakaway runs in the NFL last year. And let's bring him in instead. So that's another guy I like. If, if you can't get Jerome Ford, if, if he's already rostered in deeper leagues, these FFPC leagues, Pierre Strong, you know, dabble on him. In, in shallower leagues, you can put you know 2% on him. You can go up to 10, 20% of your fab budget on Pierre Strong. He is the next man up. And I don't believe that there's a Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt lurking Fournette is to a degree but because Kareem Hunt knows the system and he's a natural fit they would have brought him back they would have brought him back it's over so I'm not convinced that we're going to see Kareem Hunt I'm not worried about it for that reason I'm all in on Jerome Ford and trying to outbid my competitors on Pierre Strong he's both the next man up and he will mix in he will mix in in passing situations he'll be a breather back for Ford no running back gets a 99% opportunity share unless it's Christian McCaffrey or <laughs> Zach Moss. Only Zach Moss can command all the touches and all the snaps. So we're not expecting that. Strong will mix in. He was a, a high-quality running back at South Dakota State. I don't know. I don't trust the Patriots have good internal scouting. Or external scouting. I don't believe the Patriots have any kind of... So, for that reason, I'm more bullish on Pierre Strong than if a different team, if a team that we trust, like a team like Philadelphia, had traded Pierre Strong to the Cleveland Browns. I would have been a little more skeptical that, okay, there's something with Pierre Strong. Either he doesn't want to play football, his passion's not there, or there's some missing uh, piece of the skill set whether it be vision or something else that we can't exactly measure because the workout metrics say Pierre Strong is uh, is is electric. And the production history says Pierre Strong is 
uh, a quality player. So I like Pierre Strong a lot. I'm going to be stashing Pierre Strong. So it's one of those things where, yeah, we were right. You should have been holding your money back for Jerome Ford. You still might not get him. You're going to be going up against people that have 100% of their fab budget still there. You might get outbid by a dollar. It's possible, right? But Pierre Strong is going to be available, is going to be attainable if you want to put 5-10% down in deeper leagues or just a couple percent down in shallower leagues. Pierre Strong in his rookie year had over 1,000 rushing yards and had close to 1,700 rushing yards with a 7.0 yards per carry in college which was special, in two consecutive seasons with 20 or more catches, including an 11% target share season in 2020. That was the COVID year, so he only played nine games, still 20 catches. That's impressive. The athleticism is good. I mean, he was number five in his, his class among running backs. Five out of 63, his athleticism score on player profile of 103.7. But when I, if I'm ranking my pickups, yes, of course, it's Ford, you know, 95%. I can't go to 100%. 100%. And you, you're not getting anybody for, for the rest of the season. You can't even put a dollar on anyone for the rest of the season. I can't go there, but I can go to 95%. Craig Reynolds is my next priority. He's, he's a clear 10%. Even in shallower leagues, you're going up to 20% in deeper leagues on, on Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds is David Montgomery light. Craig Reynolds has an 80th percentile agility score. He has great lateral quickness. He is similar to David Montgomery in that way. He's just not quite David Montgomery. And they're not going to use him quite like David Montgomery, but after David Montgomery went down, they didn't turn the backfield over to Jameer Gibbs. Absolutely not. That's not their the role they envision for Gibbs is a pure satellite back role where he's running a lot of snaps and routes from the backfield in motion, going into the slot, going out wide. They're not going to change all the plays they installed throughout the summer for Jameer Gibbs. No, they're going to one-for-one hot-swap in Reynolds, and they're just going to call a lot more of the Gibbs plays in the next few weeks. But there's going to be a lot of Reynolds, too. This is a team that beat the Chiefs and then scored 31 points the following week. So I would rather not pick up players on bad teams. And it's not even clear that the Browns are good. They look bad. They might not be totally bad. They might not be horrific. But I am concerned about the Browns to the extent that that's, that would be my one hesitation of going all in on Jerome Ford. But Jerome Ford is in such a perfect position. And we need him right now. He's the hero we need in so many ways. I mean, he himself had 1,300 yards in Cincinnati after transferring from Alabama. He had a 20-catch season. He, you know, went nuclear yesterday, right? He was great and looked great. And it's his job. And he's going to be the man. And there's there's nothing not to like about Jerome Ford except that they're playing Tennessee. And unfortunately, Tennessee has the best front seven in the sport. I know that they, they don't give up the least amount of fantasy points to opposing running backs. But from what we've seen from running backs that face Tennessee is it's not pretty, but it is a home game, right? It's a home game. And given the opportunity share that he could command up to 80% opportunity share, especially if they don't sign anyone in the meantime, going to be starting Jerome Ford regardless, which means you pick him up and you go all in. And it's, it's just, it's another, it's yet another career on the line, offense on the line, system on the line 
everything on the line because they invested so much, 200 plus million dollars in Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson is average, this will be an albatross around the neck of this franchise for years to come. There's nothing you can do. There's no, you can't, you can't somehow massage away that contract. You can't do it. It's not possible. At home against the Titans, this is the fight. Like that. Okay, so week two is a road game, right? Week one, we had the bad weather. It was raining and windy. And then week two is a it was a night game, division rival on the road. Okay, 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 okay. Fine, 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 fine. Okay, now now we have a home game Sunday one o'clock against the Titans, one of the worst secondaries in the league. This is the no excuse week of the no excuse weeks for Deshaun Watson. This is it. This is the this is it. this is the end. This is either the end or the beginning. Could be the beginning of the end. We'll see. But I I we're gonna watch Jerome Ford. Be active in all phases and and just be the godsend we need for our fantasy teams with all these injuries. I mean, my God. But Reynolds is also going to be a factor. He's going to be productive. I could pencil in 10-plus fantasy points next week for Craig Reynolds. They're at home against the Falcons. Falcons defense has been relatively impressive, right? More impressive than, than expected, beating expectations. But look, look at the, the the implied points, close to 25 implied points for the Lions at home against the Falcons. This is going to be a Craig Reynolds game. They're going to probably, they're, be, they're favored. They're going to be scoring a lot of points. And Reynolds is going to be a part of that. So it's, again, one of these common scenarios that unfolds where we really want Jerome Ford willing to go all the way, may not get him, or there's plenty of leagues where he's already been rostered, was, and then so you, he's not even an option. I, he's not an option in my league, not an option in my league, not an option in my league. Okay, well then in that case, you're going after Craig Reynolds. Then you're, you're, then you're dialing it up for Craig Reynolds. You're putting 20 25% down on Craig Reynolds. You're going after Pierre Strong. Roshan Johnson, right? In shallower leagues, Roshan Johnson's still available. He will be the bell cow soon. The snap shares are starting to converge between Herbert and Johnson. It's just a matter of time. My prediction is week five. Week five takes over the primary job by week four and starts to show bell cow traits, bell cow usage by week five or six. That's my prediction for Roshan Johnson. I would predict the same for Chuba Hubbard, if not for Miles Sanders' contract. Miles Sanders signing the 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 big bloated free agent contract that one running back who did get a reasonably well paid deal this offseason. It was one running back. It was it was Miles Sanders. That was it. That is going to give him the job security for many weeks, many more weeks than the 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 guy that's the sixth rounder on a rookie contract, Khalil Herbert, is going to be afforded. But the difference between Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders is striking. The stats illustrate it. Watching the games illustrate it. Chuba Hubbard looks more explosive. The, they they get more out of the Chuba Hubbard touches than the Miles Sanders touches. Miles Sanders is going nowhere. This is a team that is a quality run blocking unit, and yet Miles Sanders has looked terrible. And again, signed a twenty five million dollar contract for what? For this is why you can't. I love running backs. You could see the violent collisions that. Nick Chubb suffered. They didn't even want to pan to it during the game. They refused to even show it. I'm glad they didn't show it. I was watching it with my daughter. I was like, this is just, this is gross. 
I can't take this. We were considering, I was like, should we turn the station? Should we watch something else? Do you really want to watch this? I kept going, and she's like, no, we're watching this game. I was like, okay, 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 okay. Twist my arm. Oh, watch football. Chuba Hubbard will be the workhorse if Miles Sanders misses games. $25 million says that Miles Sanders is going to be the primary back for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But I, I, I can't find a, a, a better pure handcuff that has some standalone value, even with just 10 touches, five touches even. The guy breaks off uh, plays out of, out of the screen game. He's dynamic, man. Chuba Hubbard, dynamic. 2,000-yard rusher in college with size. And he's a slick receiver out of the, out of the backfield. Just looking for quality running backs. Not, Najee Harris clearly, clearly is outmatched by current NFL defenses in a way that Jalen Warren's just not. Jalen Warren is up for it. Jalen Warren sees creases and can get there in ways that Najee Harris can't. But Jalen Warren is rostered, right? He's rostered in a lot more leagues than Chuba Hubbard. And it's just interesting. When you look back at my top five, I had top five or even top six handcuff video on YouTube, and it was Roshan Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, injured. It was Jerome Ford. It was Chuba Hubbard. It was Jalen Warren. And it was Kendra Miller. And Kendra Miller is the other guy, right? The other guy. So, I mean, if I'm picking between Pierre Strong and Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard has a, a better track record and he's I think, more entrenched as the number two in similarly anemic offenses. I prefer Hubbard over Pierre Strong. So if I'm if I'm putting down my 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 fab bids, I might put three percent on Hubbard, two percent on Pierre Strong in shallow leagues. In deeper leagues, Hubbard's no longer available. So that's why you have to go up to something like 10% on Pierre Strong because he's the best option. It's like Pierre Strong and Craig Reynolds, where deeper leagues, Reynolds is going to go for like 25% and Pierre Strong is going to go for something like 10% or more. Whereas in shallower leagues, Pierre Strong is not even going to be picked up. That's the difference. The difference between these, these deep, high-stakes leagues and traditional leagues with your friends, your colleagues, your family, it's they're worlds apart in terms of free agent bidding strategy. And the sixth running back that I talked about as my top handcuffs, and, and I remember it was complaints. What about Charbonnet? What about Charbonnet? Chuba Hubbard over Charbonnet? Who would you rather have? In the chat, everyone, right now. Who would you rather have? If you're in the car, if you're listening to the podcast, shout it out. Who would, you, would you rather have Chuba Hubbard or would you rather have Zach Charbonnet at this point? Somebody answer me. Answer me. Because that was all all up on Reddit. Oh, the critics on Reddit. Oh, the buzzards there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this list is, this is such a bad list. Where's Charbonnet? Right? Or they, or they wanted me to, they wanted uh, Tyler Algier. Right? And again, Algier, he, the contingent value is, is, is strong with him. Very good contingent value. But I'm not betting against Bijan Robinson. Right? And already in week two. Oh, what happened to Algier's production? <gasps> right? Didn't take long. Didn't take long for Bijan to be Bijan. And it won't take long for Roshan to be Roshan. It won't take long for Chuba Hubbard to just... He's going to just have to chip away. He's just going to have to keep chipping away. That's what we're going to have to root for. And Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller. We have the hamstring injury for Jamal Williams. 
They had to turn to Tony Jones because Kendra Miller was inactive. You get another week of the Alvin Kamara suspension. We have to monitor Kendra Miller. We have to stash him now. You just because there might be just this one week op- opening, this one window opening, this one week window opening where it's Jamal Williams misses the game with a hamstring injury. Alvin Kamara suspended. Magically, Kendra Miller is activated and he's the primary back and goes nuclear in week three. And then it's going to be very difficult once they have the tape. This is unfortunately it's a road game against the Packers. So it's a, it's a difficult situation, right? Packers only have, uh, you know, game total 43, right? So saints only imply like 20 points. It's not great. It's not a great situation on the road for Kendra Miller, but this is what we have. He is an explosive runner. He has soft hands. You wouldn't know it, but he does. That evaluate his receiving skills. They're better than the reception totals in college would indicate it's possible. It's possible he's activated. I don't know. I don't know his status. I don't know where they're leaning, but I'm going to be following these Saints beat reporters closely, figuring out, hey, Kendra Miller gets activated. He's worlds better than Tony Jones. And there's a guy in a lot of leagues, he's going to be available for a dollar. Again, not high-stakes leagues. He's rostered and stashed already. But in non-high-stakes leagues, he's just going to be available. We don't even have to put a waiver clam on. Just grab him on Thursday. The practice reports will be interesting. And this is where we spend the majority of our time. Because this is where you need to be focusing your attention on the waiver wire on the running game. The running backs. The running backs with upside. That's what we care about, right? Didn't see a lot of upside this offseason in Zach Charbonnet. So didn't get listed in the top handcuffs, right? The top handcuffs were actually, some of them weren't even handcuffs. Turns out Kenneth Gainwell was just the starter. Others, like Jerome Ford, turns out it's the guy everybody's thirsting for this week on the waiver wire. 24 hours. I was sulking for 24 hours. And now I'm looking up, and everyone's trying to grab Jerome Ford, Roshan Johnson, Chuba Hubbard, Pierre Strong, Kendra Miller, and my man Craig Reynolds. Mm, mm. And if you do feel the need to invest in wide receivers on the waiver wire with your fab budget, put put a waiver claim in on a receiver. Burn a waiver claim on a receiver. I wouldn't do it, but if you feel the need, please don't do it on Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds is a guy. He's fine. And certainly I'm on Ross St. Brown is not 100%, and he's benefiting from that. He's rolling. I get it. He's been really productive. But we know what Josh Reynolds is. He's in his late 20s. He's an established guy. And that's not where you want to spend your money. You also don't want to spend your money on miniaturized players. Tutu Atwell, Tank Dell. You want to put 3% on these guys? The miniaturized number two receivers on their teams? Tank Dell is the number two behind Nico Collins. Tutu Atwell is the number two behind the who shall not be named. And then soon he will be the number two behind Cooper Cup. And then the who shall not be named will move to the number three. That's how the route trees will be distributed in Los Angeles when Cooper Cup returns. But in the meantime, and for the rest of the season, Tutu Atwell is, is going to get the usage. He was the snap leader among the wide receivers this past week. I like him. I think he's, I like fast players, just like I like Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin looked atrocious, which 
was not helped <laughs> by Kenneth Pickett Sr. So if I had to pick between the these tiny, super teeny, tiny, little teeny, tiny, miniaturized mini players, I would go 2-2 over Tank Dell, but they're the same guy. One guy just happens to have experience. One guy is a rookie with a rookie quarterback, and so that is that is the that is the differentiator to me. That's why I would go 2-2 Atwell, but I'm not spending more than, say, 2-3% on those guys. Not doing it. Not doing it. Won't do it. Can't do it. Josh Reynolds, same thing. 2-3%, maybe 4%. If I'm going to spend 5% of my budget, and that's really my maximum for wide receivers, I'm, I'm done. I'm so done. And I'm not falling for one guy. One guy breaking out all over the place setting the rookie record for targets through two games is not going to get me to change a process that has been working for five straight years. But fortunately, we have two rookies that were second-round picks. One played even better than Puka Nakua at the Senior Bowl, and they don't have the the same target competition that will be injected into their their teams in the weeks ahead. Now, the problem is one of the guys I'm thinking about will have target competition injected. Right, Christian Watson's going to be back. He has a hamstring injury, just like Cooper Cup. And because th- this assumption is that oh, Christian Watson's coming back, there isn't a zeal, a, a sense of urgency to go pick up Jaden Reed in these shallower leagues. Again, deeper leagues, Jaden Reed's rostered. Marvin Mims is rostered. Right, so I get it. If you're in a deeper league, two two is what's available. Tank Dell's what's available. Josh Reynolds is what's available. So go ahead and, if you really need a receiver, go ahead and double that percentage. Whatever I said, 2, 3, 4, 5% even, go, maybe go to 10% in the deepest leagues. But 10% in deep leagues is the maximum I'm spending up on a wide receiver because you're going to regret not having those funds for running backs in the future. Because, spoiler alert, more receivers are going to come available and more running backs are going to get hurt. That's just what's going to happen. But this week, we had Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed give the game away. They gave the game away. Jaden Reed, two touchdowns, gave the game away. Marvin Mims, over 100 yards, gave the game away. Jaden Reed's snaps and route participation will remain steady when Christian Watson comes back. Christian Watson's going to come back, and it's going to be Romeo Dobbs who is relegated. Marvin Mims has earned more snaps and routes and will see a snaps and route spike as they go back and they break the film down this week and say, oh, wow, this guy's what we need. This is the guy. This this injection of Marvin Mims is what the offense needs. It's what Russell Wilson needed. They will dial up Marvin Mims usage. I promise you that. That is going to happen. So these are the players that I'm willing to spend up on. Shallower leagues, 5%. Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims. While others are recommending Tank Dell, Tutu Atwell, Josh Reynolds. Reed and Mims are just better. They're just better. Reed's not going anywhere, and Marvin Mims is coming. And at tight end, it's it's really, it's actually comically bad, the tight end position. And when things are comically bad, I just say, be creative. Lean into it. Lean into what's bad. Lean into what's wacky. Just go Taysom Hill. Just be wacky. That's my advice. That's the final advice that I have for you. If you need a tight end, good luck. I mean, best of luck to you, sir. You're you're not it's not gonna be pretty, right? I mean, Taysom Hill. Why not?
the these tiny, super teeny, tiny, little teeny, tiny, miniaturized mini players. Tank Dell, what's up? Hey, I'm here with Tank Dell, University of Houston wide receiver, super prolific college career. How do you feel about making the jump from uh, the, the, the Houston offense to the, the pros? Where do you think you'll play, et cetera, et cetera? Making the jump, you know, it's, it's been a lot of changes, you know, with the formations and route concepts, like the the wording of route concepts and things like that, like a dig route to be a stop route or a dig route to be a curl route now. So you're just getting used to things like that. But I feel like I'll be based in a slot, but I could play both. I know they've seen that from college. You know, I was playing both outside and slot. So I feel like just playing both and kick returns, um, punt return, things like that. So uh, people are uh, projecting their 40 times for us. Give us your best 40-time projection. Uh, I believe in manifestation, so I'm going to say 4-3-5. 4-3-5. Okay. So you had the best practice of all the wide receivers yesterday, and it's proven because I talked to some corners, and they said that you were the hardest to cover. Uh, how do you feel about that? I never try to get too high, get too low. You know, I try to stay level-headed, so I, I still got to go out there today and prove myself again. So I don't really, you know, I feel that I'm thankful for them saying that, but I still got to go prove myself again. Yeah, I, th I think you made a lot of money yesterday. You know that, right? Um, yeah. 